0: Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. A few days ago, one of my dear friends lost his beloved dog, Ellie. While grateful for the good years that they shared together, my friend is really experiencing profound grief in the loss of his beloved pet. That pain, as we all know, is even greater when we lose someone that we love, even if we understand that love never dies and that life in one form or another goes on after death. But still, it hurts. This pain is universal and affects all of us, regardless of our religious background. In the words of today's luminary, and I'm quoting, our deepest desire is to have a true, intimate experience of living, and we are often led to that deepest experience by some inexplicable pain. Indeed, our moments of loss and despair smooth the rough edges of ego and create an opening in the heart for growth and self-discovery, forging inner faith. Wow. Well, as you might have guessed, these beautiful words from today's luminary. She is an inner faith minister, a bereavement specialist, life coach, and author. Her work is dedicated to serving individuals and families whose lives have been touched by grief or trauma and sharing the power of inner faith to transform lives and transcend obstacles. She speaks, writes, and teaches purely from direct and personal experiences of the spirit, which transcend religion. She's committed to sharing her spiritual journey in a way that empowers others to have an experience of living that they absolutely love. Her name is Reverend Sala Crispin, and she's here today to share her inspiration with us. Sala, thank you very much. I'm so honored to welcome you to InspireMeTodayRadio.com.
1: Well, thank you, Gail. Thank you so much for having me. This really feels like such an honor and a privilege.
0: Well thank you. You're 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 talking, you're teaching skills that each and every one of us need to know because there's not one of us that is not at some point in our lives touched by grief. So go back a little bit if you would. I wanna get personal here if I may. Tell me okay. your story. How did you get to be who you are doing what you're doing in the world today?
1: Mm. <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you may take it I'm wherever trying. you like.
1: <laughs> take it wherever you like, huh so um it's interesting, you know my work primarily uh, has been serving people who are touched in some way um, bereaved at in the moment and touched in some way by loss and grief. Um, my own story, however, um, it you know although it does include several, you know, losses in my own family, some of them very recent within the past few years, some very uh, primary pillars in my life. Um, They have not been the closest of my pillars. Both of my parents are still in physical form on the earth, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm grateful (laughs) for having them there. Um, so my losses in my own life have been um, kind of more along the lines of my grandparents, great aunts, that sort of thing, sure. which sound very sort of normal and natural at my stage of life, but um, I guess because of my, my journey spiritually and the connection that I had with them, especially um, both of my grandmothers, losing them in my life was um, an experience of grief that I was very very affected by and connected
0: to you know and in the last Mm -hmm. three years i've lost both of my parents and so i understand what you mean and it's something that you know is going to happen i mean inevitably it, it happens to all of us right but it's still something that is wow harder than you ever anticipated it would be Absolutely. So talk to us about the work that you do in working with people as a bereavement counselor. And I loved what you wrote where you talked about death and grieving, but then also living, healing and living. That's, and that's so right. take us through that of how you got from, mm-hmm. you know, that, that despair, for a lack of a better word, to coming out the other side.
1: Yeah. You know, I found that... Um, hmm i found that when when i was faced with um very young when i was faced with this sort of grappling with having lost someone very close to me in my life and that was my grandmother at the time and when i was faced with that i realized as I went, you know, at the time my journey in meditation and prayer had begun. I, of course, I, I was, you know, had not gone to seminary, was not a minister at the time, but my spiritual journey had begun. Okay. And I found that in the moments when I was able to be present with this and allow myself to feel this intense and amazing pain, when I was able to be there, what I saw is everything that she meant in my life. You know, this, this, this connection that we mm-hmm. had brought me into the moment that showed me what she brought to me and the teachings that she had given me. And all of those teachings were about the now. It, none of them uh. seemed to be related to anything that had happened in the past when I was younger with my grandmother. All of that only led to that now moment sure. where I was sitting you know, a bedside meditating, and and suddenly in tears, as I realized that everything that she had taught me really was about how was I going to be in this moment? How was I going to live my life? And that's that had been what she was teaching me and trying so hard to instill. Yeah. And and it was a lesson that I never really got, never really landed, until she left physically.
0: Right. It's funny that, you know, it's kind of uh, this dichotomy in life, I guess. Khalil Gabram, I guess, said it best for me and the prophet. And I'm paraphrasing here, so I'm sure I'm not going to get this exactly right. But he talks about sorrow is nothing more than that which once brought us joy. And so, when it, (laughs) the fact that I grieve so much and miss my parents so much, in a way, is because I'm so grateful for the time and the love and the, you know, the wisdom that they shared with me.
1: Exactly,
0: and had I not had that, then I wouldn't have the grief in in the you know to the same degree that I do. And it's Mm -hmm. just it's kind of funny how that works for all of us, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. And it sounds there's another. Mm -hmm. Go on. No, I was just
0: going to say it sounds like you're you know dealing with it in the same way with your grandmother.
1: Absolutely, yeah. There's another level to it, um, you know, that I that I come to see very often, also, which I learned through my own experience, which is also that um, that joy that you were speaking of, like with your parents, that the joy that that you felt there, the love that you felt there, is kind of um, the way that I've heard it. The, the way that I've heard it explained best is that when we bring joy to another when we have joy in a relationship, it's really that what I've brought to you was a moment where you were most aligned with your source, with the source of who you really are. And so when someone goes and I'm in this state of incredible grief and pain, I'm usually focused more on their absence than I am on what they brought to me in the presence. Does that make sense? It makes
0: total sense total sense no I understand what you mean mm-hmm. and it's, it's hard to you know when you're in that moment in those deep dark moments of despair it's hard to say okay let me shift this so do you have any hints um, Sala that you can share with our listeners on if someone is in that you know in the pits of despair right now grieving whether it's a pet or a loved one or or whatever loss in their lives
1: mm-hmm.
0: what would you recommend
1: mm-hmm. I, um, I do. I do have something to share. I think um, the first thing is the feeling place. I call it the feeling place, that we have these practices that can reconnect us with the feeling place that we had when the person was with us physically and that place if it is one of joy if it is one of love if it is a pet that we've lost and it was you know this this sort of light and aliveness that a lot of us get from our pets um if we can use the practices that will bring us to that place and then sort of allow ourselves to sit there more often then we find that we're reconnected in the same way that we were when we when our pet was alive, when our parents were there conversing with us. So for many of us, I know for for myself, the practices that I share are usually the simplest. It's, you know, sitting and quietly in a meditation. Um for some people when that's when that isn't possible it can be a prayer. Um the serenity prayer seems to do that for many, many people. You know, um that's God could be the Yes. No please you know.
0: please go ahead, say it for those that don't know it
1: the serenity prayer is, uh, God, please grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change that which I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so that one is, it's used very often, um, in the AA and, you know, sort of that, that, sector of healing and recovery but it is one that all of us can use because it's so simple Um, even those who don't speak you know to a god per se it is you know just may I be granted you know from wherever from whatever that source is for you but may I find you know in this moment the serenity to accept that which I can't change the courage to change what is mine to change and the wisdom to know the difference that can simply put us in that space of surrender. And if we're then in the space of surrender, you then look for what was the feeling place? What am I really missing? What you know? What's really missing when mom or dad is not here now? And it's really the feeling. It's the connection, the feeling of connection. If you allow yourself to be there on a regular basis, the pain does shift.
0: You know, it's interesting. I just spent a week with my oldest sister, and we were... Mm-hmm. Commiserating at one point, but also sharing what this, you know, last two years has been for both of us. And yeah. it's interesting that I still talk to my parents, especially when I'm walking in the woods. And as I jokingly said to my sister, it's just harder to hear the answers.
1: <laughs> I love that, Gail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I mean, my talking hasn't stopped. It's just, right. it, it, it's, you know, my sister just laughed at me, but it was kind of like, mm. no, when I'm walking in the woods, You know, when I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I might say, oh, mom, you'd love this sunset or whatever. And I'm talking to her. I'm talking out loud. Anyone listening would think I'm crazy. You know, it's just me and my dog walking through the woods. Here I am confessing my inner secrets, right? But it's how I used to talk to her on the phone. And it's just a little more tricky to hear the response.
1: Yeah. I love that you bring that up too because that that's a great segue when we talk about, you know, the practices that can bring us back to that feeling place, back to that alignment and connection when anyone that we love is passed on to non physical, that the truth is that it can be different for everyone and for many through many traditions there is absolutely a a belief and for you know, and they will say for a knowing that the the person the the spirit and the soul of the one that has crossed over continues to be present with you. So to speak, to continue speaking to them, yes, is continuing the relationship, and then it becomes a matter of becoming used to a different relationship, as opposed to it being completely over, right? Exactly. <laughs> is, yeah. 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 So.
0: Exactly. Well, talk to us a little bit about your book, Honoring Our Loved Ones: A Universal Path for Dying, Grieving, Healing and living now.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm happy to talk to you about the book. I have to sort of give everyone the the, the um, preface, though, that it isn't actually out where, where everyone can get it yet. So that'll be by the end of the year. Perfect. But, um, yeah, yeah, by the end of the year, everyone should be able to get their hands on it. The Honoring Our Loved Ones was primarily about putting down... Um, you know, in written form, a lot of the kinds of practices, a lot of them pretty unorthodox, Uh (laughs) you know, Um, a lot of those practices that, you know, I've kind of learned from different traditions over the years.
0: When you Mm -hmm. say practices, do you mean tangible, ritual type things that you do?
1: I do. and, and, and And I wrote the book specifically to kind of take, you know, demystify all of that. And um, and try to make it accessible to you know to folks that may be religious sure. that may be spiritual and some that may even be you know somewhat agnostic right. because we're all hit by grief in the same way our experience of it is is just as painful regardless of what yeah. our beliefs are there. funny how that works so huh? I, yeah so I find that tangible rituals you know after someone has crossed over. We, can, we tailor those tangible rituals to, you know, suit the person and their beliefs. But having those rituals of uh, morning waking a, um, you know, the symbolism, for instance, there are some universal symbols that we're using throughout the book, like lighting a candle. Mm-hmm. And in different religions and different traditions, um, it's used, but all basically having the same meaning, which is here is this, physical representation that I can use, that I can use as a focal point to represent the spirit of the one that is not, that is no longer physically present with me. Right. And so we light that candle and so that, that you know, is a part of a lot of the rituals is the lighting of the candle. Then there is color that comes into play because color is also something that, again, it's kind of universally seen throughout the different traditions. Mm -hmm. So using, you know, using the color on that, uh, you know, altar or table or wherever we're going to, you know, have this ritual – using a color there that represents the intention for their journey and realizing, of course, that there's going to be a journey that's non-physical after this one. Right. That also is a part of the ritual also.
0: You know, And I, then we, I, mm, I, one on. of the things I love about what you're talking about is it brings me present in mm. everything that you're talking about. I mean, you're not just talking about how to overcome grief, how to get over, you know, pain in your life. You're talking about that plus how to heal, yes. and even more so, how to focus on you and your life in this moment, right here, right now.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And that to me is, I don't know, the crux of the issue, shall we say. I mean, it's the its the most important part.
1: It's the most important part, and it's the thing, I think it's, it's the part that can so easily get lost, right, when we're grieving. Of course.
0: Well, yeah. let me ask you this, Sala. Does this work with fear as well? As, as opposed to grief. And the reason I'm asking that is many of our community members are going through some tough times and they'll write to us and they'll say, you know, I have this dream or I want to do this thing in my life, but I'm afraid and I'm paralyzed by that fear. So I'm wondering, would some of the same practices of living in that exact present moment here right now help overcome that fear as well?
1: No, yeah, absolutely, Gail. I mean, there's no question about that because, again, um, you know, the way that I see grief is very similar to the way I would talk about fear, which is this kind of um, state that we're in where we're focused in a way that brings us out of connection and alignment with the center of ourselves. And so that is that is the same state that we end up in when we're in fear. So using these practices um, very kind of now grounded rituals of being present now and having a representation in front of you, a prayer or a mantra that said something that brings you present in that moment will absolutely eradicate fear because again it's about finding that feeling place. In in the case of fear, I just had a wonderful, um, you know, spiritual community this morning and we had a wonderful conversation about that feeling place also. And the words that we love to use there that we see with all human beings is that we all need to feel safe. Sounds so simple, but it's like a crystal. To feel safe, to be in the place of feeling safe is absolute power and connection with all that is. Mm. So to use those practices to get to that that space of feeling safe will eradicate fear also
0: well speaking of that your quote that you gave us for inspire me today was one that really touched my heart so I want to read it and then have you expand upon it if you would okay yes, what, you, sure. what you said was spirit is experienced in the quiet moments of peace that flutter through our pain like a butterfly in the field of our days follow the butterfly within it will only always lead you home Yes. Amen is right. I mean, that just made me yes, you know when you get that absolute goosebump feeling of confirmation that this is truth, so please yes. expand and talk to us a little bit about that
1: yeah, you know what i I'd I like to to speak about that because where that came from also is was not um a place of the traditional. Uh, grief actually. For me, that came through, you know, sort of these many trials and tribulations throughout my life and coming to the road eventually of going to seminary and finding a true purpose that was really in alignment for me. And, and, and that for me was absolutely serving, serving other human beings. And so when I talked about finding spirit in those darkest moments, It was for me remembering the times when I was completely, completely lost and disconnected and having to sort of hit a rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And those rock bottoms were, I later realized, the absolute greatest things that ever could have happened to me because I was... Funny how it doesn't feel (laughs) that
0: way in the moment.
1: Never feels that way in the moment felt like all was lost felt like all was lost and here i was not knowing where to turn and wh- where would i go and what would i do next and sometimes in my life how would i even survive and those were the times when i was knocked awake <laughs> it was like it was like literally falling and hitting the bottom and suddenly realizing that there was never a time when i'd been completely alone that there was never a time when there was no light at all and you find that and i'm sure you know somebody's going to be listening and realizing oh yes i know what that feels like (laughs) you know and you find it's like it's like a, a breath of fresh air you know you find in the darkness in the time that seems like all is lost you find this whiff of freshness, a remembrance of joy, a moment that feels like, uh, but I am safe, I know all is not really lost. It looks like it in this circumstance, but there's something there, there's some knowing. And when I said, and you follow like a butterfly, you just follow that. You follow that, and it will always only lead you home. It was... The home is that connected space. It is that feeling place of being really, really connected to to source, to God, to beauty and love and joy and all that is. And that when we find that that moment in the darkness, if we just follow that through the darkness, sometimes it is through those rituals. Sometimes it is through the moments of silence. Sometimes it's through connection and
0: serving. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, totally, we, find it
1: and we follow it oh,
0: but how beautiful, how beautiful, well, Sally, you inspire so many people, who mm. or what inspires you?
1: oh boy,
0: isn't that fun?
1: <laughs> that is fun, <laughs> I have to tell you that I have I've, you know there are many, many. Many, many famous teachers, of course, that have inspired me through their books and such over the years. But as I talk to you in this moment, I realize that the the deepest true answer to that question with what really inspires me, I'm looking out my window and I'm thinking of the joy that nature brings me. Mm
0: -hmm. We must be soul sisters in that way. I'm doing the same thing, (laughs) but I'm looking out my window right now in early November Everything is white, and I'm in the middle of a snowstorm.
1: Wow! Because you're so—that's right. The I'm in Montana. Is so where you are.
0: Yeah, I'm in Montana, and so, again, we're connected through that because that's where I connect is through nature.
1: Through nature, right? Right. And from my window, it's more of an eastern autumn foliage, and there're reds and yellows and gold, So
0: Ah, it sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, I mean, one of the things I do is take daily walks in nature. So I'm wondering, do you have specific steps or practices that you do each and every day as part of your regular routine that basically keep you on track?
1: I absolutely do. Yeah, Would you mind
0: sharing so, some of those
1: with us? Not at all. I'm so happy to. Um, I, I d- divide kind of, you know, maybe an hour to, to 90 minutes every morning. And I I get up and the first thing I do is always sitting and um, I like to say sitting rather than meditation. But, um, and the reason I say that is because really the practice is just forcing yourself to get still. <laughs> and the meditation is just kind of this alert um, state that eventually you find yourself in if you sit there for a while.
0: Now, so, a lot of people, though, would mm-hmm. sit there and raise, their mind would race through all the things on their to-do list for the day. And I'm, I'm assuming so that's for- not what you're mm-hmm. talking about.
1: No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm glad you said that. So to to, to clarify, it's like a muscle. Um, the the practice that I'm referring to is like a muscle that you, you have, you've got to sort of sit there um, maybe to some extent ritualistically. You know, I, I'm very dedicated to the practice of being still and sitting down, and then you kind of learn that there's this muscle where you can see your mind wandering off and giving it less and less attention until you become more and more present, more and more here and now. And the kinds of things that you can use with exercising this muscle are probably, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying anything new, um, focusing on the breath, uh, bringing attention into how the body feels at the moment. And even the one of the the easiest ones that I like that I use even with my children is 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 the feeling is this feeling place so it's like how do you want to feel right now and they come up with things like oh i'd love to i love to feel they say simple words like i love to feel happy and it's like okay so we just kind of sit here and we just let ourselves be in that space and every time your mind wanders off you go "Mm, not so much Mm, back to happy so so it can go from yeah yeah it can be that simple but i start i always start with a sitting practice and in that is also some some prayer for me I always end that that with some prayer. And then I go out into nature, usually with my dog, Faith. And we either run or I'm known in the neighborhood for rollerblading with her.
0: Oh, I do the same thing. Do you (laughs) also? I love blading. (laughs) Yeah, the problem is in Montana, it's a little more difficult because we have a lot of mountains and a lot of dirt roads, and so you've got to really find the, the right place.
1: The right path, right?
0: Exactly. Wow, that's great. Well, we definitely have to meet someday. We'll rollerblade and take our pups out for a walk in nature together. Right. I'll look forward to that. But <laughs> Sala, I wanted to ask you. I mean, first off, let me express my personal gratitude and on behalf of Inspire Me Today for the insights that you've shared with our listeners today. This is good stuff, and I really appreciate you taking the time. My traditional question. This is probably my most, what I think, most powerful question. If you were to summarize your greatest wisdom. What have you learned so far that you'd want to pass on to others right here, right now?
1: Mm, mm, mm. That the darkness, the dark times are blessings. They really are. That they are the sandpaper that polishes us into gems and smooth stones. And if we can embrace them and trust that we will be held that will be carried out of those places, therein lies the peace. And that would be it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here listening with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Just taking in those words, how beautiful. I love the fact that you said embrace and trust, basically that everything will be okay. Yes. That we'll I'm- be held, we'll be, we'll be loved, we'll be safe. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I know your book is coming out soon. We'll make sure we connect directly so that any one of our listeners who's listening to this while hiking or rollerblading or whatever you might be doing, come on back to inspire me today. Just put in Sala's name, S-A-L-A Crispin, in our search box, and you will be directed to her amazing, wonderful, rich, today's brilliance as well as also links to where you can go purchase the book. So we want to make sure that that is available to everyone and we want to make it easy for you. Uh, So, Selah, it makes me want to ask you, with everything that you've already done and everything that you've got on your plate with the launch of your new book, if you had just one more thing that you could accomplish or experience in your lifetime, what would it be?
1: Mm. It would probably be, no, it would definitely be. There is a... um, There is a school, a friend of mine has um, started a school in Malawi, and I have had it on going closer to the top of my to-do list to be present there and find whatever way I can be of service to the children there. So I, I would definitely feel if I was if I saw myself you know, po- possibly leaving the physical this evening, I would say, Wait, Malawi. <laughs> uh, wonderful.
0: <laughs> wonderful. Will you let us know if there's anything we can do here at Inspire Me Today to help your you and your friend with that goal as well?
1: I will. Thank Terrific. You
0: so much, well you. again, I really appreciate your sharing your brilliance with us. And again, you can find out more about today's luminary, Dr. Sala Crispin. And that's C-H-R-I-S-P-I-N, just by putting this in the search box at Inspire Me Today, and all her information will be there. So, Sala, thank you again for being with us. And to our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible Inspirational Luminary. And until then, remember, it's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. We love you. We're here for you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by.